so i'll just i'll just recap what we were talking about the last time and uh, what we'll do is we'll kind of like so slowly transition in what we want what i want to discuss and what i will share with you today right so if we if you uh, if you were there the last time uh, we spoke about how it's like uh, the creation of man began in other words our world the world that we are living in today it began with adam but adam was put onto a world that already existed before he was put onto an earth a creation that was already existing before in other words there was we are talking about millions and billions of years of creation way before adam ever uh, came in right adam ever came into the picture so the like it says in uh, in genesis 1 1 and 1 2 there's a gap between genesis 1 1 and 1 2 we don't know how long that gap is in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth yeah which i i'm on now i just connected okay so there was a gap between the uh, genesis 1 1 and 1 2 and uh, what what took place in that gap we don't know but we know that we are living on the same earth god uh, god put man on the earth that was there before now our world began with adam right as the first man yeah and he was made in his in god's image and his likeness so when we see what god said right let us make man in our image and in our likeness what was he talking about he was talking about making man a representation and a manifestation of himself in other words a version of himself that he created he put man on earth and he said like okay fine this 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 being that i'm creating now called adam is going to be me in physical form right man was put uh, now we are talking about a uh, creation that means you and i i'm talking about a being that started from adam okay and you and i are now created in the image of adam in the image of god okay and when god said let us make man in our image and likeness he's talking about this is who i am in physical form on the earth and he said he went on to say let man have rule and let man have dominion now that's really important okay because this is this is the basis of entire our entire life on earth that key statement that he made when he said let them have rule and let them have dominion is the key thing that he did that you and i as sons of god really need to understand really need to realize because what we have come to understand through through living life on earth through you know uh, churchianity and christianity and all the teachings of people to, uh, through the bible and all that is that you know god is going to do everything for us right that's not what god said god said let man have dominion and let man rule in other words this is man's world and only what man says is going to happen only what man does in his world is going to be uh, is going to basically uh, be the be all and the end all so we are thinking you know it's like oh wait a minute you know it's like uh, let's cry out to god and he'll you know he'll shake the nations and you know he'll he'll storm down from heaven and he'll do something on the earth and all that but what we really need to understand is this let man have dominion in other words he is looking at adam in other words a manifestation of himself and he is saying this guy this being this species this person that i have this creature that i have put on earth okay 
is me who's going to rule in my place as me. Now, people fall in trouble. They fall through in problems and all that kind of stuff. And when they do that, they cry out to God for help. And they say, oh God, you know, help me, deliver me. You know, when are you, when are you going to do something? And majority of the time, a lot of people are still waiting for God to do something. God is not going to do anything. You know why he's not going to do anything? Because he gave us the Holy Spirit to do it ourselves. Now, here's the thing, right? We, in our minds, are, uh, you know, it's like, and I'm not saying that, you know, uh, I'm not saying that, you know, it is a bad thing or it is a good thing or, you know, it's like, I'm saying that this is what we have been taught. This is what we have come to realize. And we have come to realize this through teaching and preaching and messages and all this kind of stuff that's been traveling around uh, Christianity. But we have not really sought out God. We have not gone to the Father to ask him, who, who, who are you? You know? I'm hearing about you from other people and I know about you only through what they are saying. In other words, everything that you and I know today, okay, everything, a lot, okay, most, the majority of what you and I know today about the Father and about Jesus and about the Holy Spirit, okay, is through other people's narratives, through other people's testimonies, through other people's relationship with the Father, through other people's, you know, uh, stories and what they have handed down. But how many of us have really gone to the Father and said, Father God, I want to know you personally. I want to know who you are. You tell me who you are. How many of us have really gone and waited and had a relationship with him so that he told us, listen, I'm going to show myself to you and this is who I am. Let me, let me ask you something, okay? We read the Bible, right? How many of us read the Bible? Everyone reads the Bible? All biblical holy people? Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. So if we read the Bible, right? Who wrote the Bible? Now, did, did uh, let's, let's start with Paul. Did the Apostle Paul write the Bible on the basis of the story that he heard from other people? Did he write the Bible based on other people's testimonies? His letters? So how did he write all his epistles? That was his life. In other words, his relationship with God, his revelation from the Father, he wrote down. Right? Now, other people, like for example, Jude, Peter. Let's take for example the Old Testament. Elijah, um, Ezra, Ezekiel, Daniel, all the prophets. Moses. Where did they get all their writings from? Did they copy down other people's uh, scrolls, other people's prophecies? They, you know, it's like, wait a minute, I need to put my book also in the Bible. Let me let me copy it on somebody else's scroll and, you know, put it as one of the major prophets. They wrote down their revelation of the Father, their story, because of their relationship with God. Now, you and I are reading the Bible and we are like, you know, wow, okay, fine. You know, these guys are like heroes of faith and these guys are awesome and these guys are amazing and all that. And those guys are you know, nicely living in heaven, enjoying themselves. And they're there. They made a life for themselves. There are many, I'm telling you, that it's not just Ezekiel and all the authors that you have found in the Bible. There are hundreds and thousands more okay, who are there who have not been included in the Bible. But they have first-hand revelation of the Father and they are living their life based on their relationship with God. 
your life is not supposed to be lived on the basis of what other people are telling you what i share in this eg what other people say okay fine you know this is the father this is how he is this is how the father thinks this is how the father behaves this is what he will say to you you're not supposed to go by other people what other people are saying you're supposed to go by what father god is telling him telling you your himself because your life is as unique as ezekiel daniel paul peter what there's no partiality with god right it's written in the bible is there any partiality with god anyone no no partiality with god so if there's no partiality with god what makes paul peter and james and john special they had their own relationship with the father and they shared that relationship with us not so that you and i can make our lives on the basis of what they live but so that we get motivated to go and meet father god himself have a relationship with father god himself personally and grow in that relationship and explore it and what is eternity i mean when you go and see okay what is eternal life what is heaven i shared the last time there is no mention of going to heaven after you die in the bible it's not mentioned anywhere yet the majority of christianity believes that you know how then why they believe that they believe that because it has been taught as a message to in christianity to the churches it has come off the pulpits it has come off messages and preachings ah if you when you die you'll go to heaven where is it in the bible john chapter 6 says that the moment you believe jesus you are already in eternal life not going to be it's not a future reality okay now coming back to the the beginning because this is really key let us make man in our image let us make man in our likeness in other words i'm going to i'm going to be man in man form on earth and each man is going to have a unique and a different personality each man is going to be so unique their fingerprints are going to be different their retinas retinal scans are going to be different their retinas designs are going to be different every single person on the face of the earth is going to be so unique you'll never find a being from the beginning from adam right till the end and the last man there is never going to be the same person with the same fingerprint ever i mean you look at the how much area does this cover here this hardly covers any area you know yet there's going to be billions and billions of people with a unique fingerprint that's amazing that's really amazing so what father god is basically wanting is like he said very clearly right make man in our image and our likeness now here's the deal he made man as body soul and spirit what do you do i'm just sharing what we spoke about the last time right he made man of the dust of the ground in other words he made man of material that the earth is made of that already existed before and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul right galatians chapter i uh, sorry not galatians genesis chapter 2 so man became a living soul with a spirit and a body the spirit is the eternal part of us it is the part of us that is from the father that is a part of god the incorruptible part of us that part of us is absolutely amazing it is it is a it is a transdimensional being it is a transdimensional reality what am i talking about i am talking about how it's like i'm talking about 
a reality okay in which a spirit is across every dimension of creation it is not you know how people say let me let me let me show you something okay so people think that you know we have a this is man okay and uh, this is man's body and in man his spirit is this is his spirit inside and we think that okay fine you know it's like this is our shell this is who we are and inside our body is the spirit now let me show you something else when we look at god okay how do we see god are we looking at god as you know this is god out in the uh, out in heaven out in the universe and he's created earth over here one small little uh, thing and he's you know looking uh, looking upon man and he's like wow okay fine let me put man on the earth small little beings on the earth and they are they're going to run the earth for me this is what this is the idea that we have about god or most people the majority of the world have this idea about god that god is looking at man from here and god is this big being who's basically controlling everything from outside Do you know who God really is? When you actually see God, He is everything. This entire screen you see of white, this is God. In other words, everything you can see from right, everything. There's no end. There's no beginning. God. It's like how air covers everything. That's that. That's God. Now, inside Him. he's created the universe stars galaxies this that the other all those are kind of things and you have earth over here which is which is out of proportion right now it's really supposed to be supposed to be just a small little speck somewhere where you can't even see it but let's just call this earth for now this one right and inside earth inside him is earth inside him are all the planets inside him is all creation you are talking about dimensions you are talking about realities you are talking about realms you are talking about spiritual uh, spiritual hosts of heaven you are talking about uh hell you are talking about every single thing is inside him even darkness is inside him now this is uh, i'll share more about this as we go along but every single thing exists in him why is that because nothing can exist okay nothing can exist outside here you know why because god is the life he is the life of everything nothing can exist outside of him our bodies what is what is our body made of our body is made of the dust of the ground correct okay what is the dust of the ground made of everything made from god that's it everything is made of father god every single material that you and i know steel metal i'm talking about air gravity thoughts ideas you're talking about whatever you can think of is made of the fabric of god and it is inside him it is in him it can't exist outside him because what that it will mean that you know it's like there is some other life source or some other life form that is sustaining it outside of god how is that possible everything is inside him everything is made of him so your bodies are made of him your mind 
is made of him. Your spirit is him, is a part of him. Now think about it, okay? Go a little deeper. If your spirit is a part of him, that means you should be thinking like him, right? Your thoughts should be his thoughts. But still, okay, he has given you the free will, you and me, he's given us a free will inside him to think our own thoughts, to choose our own will, to have our own desires, all inside him. He is everything. So now your desire and his desire, okay, how do we come to know what God's desire is? You know, when you think about it, like, okay, fine, you know, it's like I'm inside God, I'm in him, I'm made of him. It will be very easy for you to start aligning yourself with who the father is. It'll be, it'll be very easy for you. The more, see, the moment you think, okay, fine, you know, I'm, I'm made of God. Now I'm made of God. How can the material that I'm made of be sick? How can the material that I'm made of decay? How can anything go wrong with this, material, this, this thing that I'm made of, which is made of God? I mean, think about it, right? Can anything happen to material that is made of God? Can anything happen to God? Let's start with that. Nothing can happen to God. So, but, but still, he has given you and I the free choice to decide what happens to this. In other words, I'm making man, let him rule over everything, including his body. Why? Because his body is made of the dust of the ground. In other words, everything created is going to be ruled by man. Who is man? Man is the being inside who is living inside this body, who is one with this body, and who is going to decide everything that happens by his own free will. Are you understanding what I'm saying? If you don't understand, it's okay. I'll explain it further later on. Anyways, we'll come to it. Okay. But it's really, uh, it's, it's really key and fundamental that we understand that you have the free will to decide what happens to your body. You are the one, not God. Okay, we put too much onus on God. You and I are the ones who decide what, what happens in our life. You are the one who decides what happens with uh, our bodies and with our, you know, with our sphere of influence, our household, our homes. You and I decide, not God. God didn't say, let man have dominion, but uh, I will kind of interfere whenever I feel like. He didn't say that, right? Let's, let's move on to the next level. Okay? Anything that God has to do. Now, once God gives his word, okay, he's not going to go back on it. He said, man have dominion, man have dominion. That's it. But how did the, how did the, how did the, you know, it's like the destruction of the earth in Noah's time happen? How did, you know, all the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah take place? How did God do all that? You know, it's like, why, how can God uh, do that? He said, let man have dominion. Still, he's, uh, you know, interfering and uh, all that stuff. The key is very simple, okay? God will not do anything on the earth without the involvement of, without the involvement, acknowledgement and cooperation of man. In other words, there has to be some man, one man involved for him to do anything on the earth. Think about it, in the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, right? How many of you know about that? There, are, there were two cities in the plains of, uh, of Canaan, right? Uh, in the Old Testament, you'll read it. And uh, God rained fire and brimstone on that to judge them because they were really going horrible and doing bad stuff and all that. Why did, how did God do that, right? 
uh, for people think you know it's like god can do anything god will you know it's like do anything if you like god is not whimsical okay firstly who did god approach before he went to sodom and gomorrah any idea any ideas abraham 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 right abraham negotiated with god what did he do the angel, the, those those men in white linen they came to uh, abraham they said you know it's like we're going to go and destroy and he's like oh no 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 what is the what is the 50 people in the city who are good and you know this and all that god said i'm not going to destroy it for 50 people well, what about 40 what about 30 what about 10 what about 5 no i'm not going to destroy it for 5 men god couldn't even find five people who were good i mean forget good or bad god is it's, it's old testament but old covenant okay the point is that without man acknowledging approving and confirming god would not have destroyed sodom and gomorrah that's why he went through who abraham noah's flood it's called what noah's flood <laughs> that speaks for itself right how did god uh, why did god destroy the earth if you read the book of jasher okay you will find out more details about why god why god destroyed the earth in the book of jasher it mentions that the people who died in that flood were not of the pure lineage of adam in other words not born as a son of god they were all the giants that had infiltrated the earth that had mated with women and stuff like that and their offspring were born giants and the nephilim and you know all those things took place and they were the only remnants at the time the flood hit the earth everyone who was born of the seed line of you know the, there's a there's a big history that goes back behind that because it's like the giants that overran the earth the overtook the earth they destroyed all man all natural man seed line they overruled they uh, they uh, bound and in bond they took in bondage the the pure seed line of adam and uh, because the re- they were depleting the resources on the earth right all the men that were born of adam's lineage natural pure and adam's lineage they died normally they weren't killed they died normally a whole day the only one who was preserved for god for for the flood to actually happen was noah if there was no body surviving that flood would not have happened if that one person was not there through whom god could do something on the earth the flood would not have happened right the destruction of jerusalem the destruction of uh, israel scattering all those things happened through the mouths of the prophets god told the prophets be careful tell israel this is what's going to happen that 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 the, the prophets prophesied the prophets said it, said it they declared verbally openly and that was god's authority to do something on the earth god will not do anything on the earth without the authority of man now that is old covenant okay that is past that is till jesus came every judgment that had to take place of for the earth every judgment that had to take place for man's stupidity man's sin man's you know shortfalls and shortcomings and you know idiosyncrasy all that ended when jesus died at the cross that's why the cross is the most powerful place on earth okay the death death died at the cross you know why you can say death died at the cross because from there on eternal life began eternal life what is eternal life It, people think of eternal life as so they take it so lightly you know oh, eternal life yes yeah, i'm going to i have eternal life i'm going to go to heaven what is eternal life 
eternal life is the God life. God's life in us. In other words, God's life and our life is one. It's amazing. It's absolutely awesome. What God did at the cross was so amazing. He, he, he destroyed everything that the enemy brought on the earth through Adam. Okay? Once and for all, the cross destroyed all the effects. Now, why did it have to be the cross? You know, why, why so public? Why did Jesus have to come and die on the cross publicly? It was necessary to see for everyone. It had to be recorded in history that this thing took place that removed all the, all the, all the downsides of Adam, every negative thing that Adam brought on the earth. Okay? Now, Adam is a good guy. Okay? I'm not saying you know, the moment you go to heaven, you go and bash Adam. I'm not saying that. Adam is, Adam is an awesome guy because you know why? If he would not have uh, eaten of the fruit, someone down the line would have eaten of the fruit. So, I mean, there's no point blaming Adam. Poor chap is taking the fall for everything. But the whole point is that it is not about just, you know, eating off a fruit. By the way, which fruit did he eat? Any idea? Not mentioned in the Bible. It's a papaya. <laughs> I heard someone say this. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> because, because, it's because, the only fruit. No, it's, which one? Only fruit. It's only, it's fruit. It's yeah, only it's said fruit. only fruit. No, no, it says papaya. No, no, no. Oh, I'm telling you, no, Pap Aya. Okay, anyway, that's a stupid joke. Somebody cracked it on the pulpit once and everybody uh, started roaring in laughter. <laughs> so anyway, so the thing is that, you know, the when we when 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 we look at our, our lives from the perspective of, you know, it's like I'm made of the very fabric of my father. Okay. Our mindset, our mindset starts changing, and we start living in the in the knowledge of okay, fine. You know, it's like I can, I should not give in to these these, these false uh, you know these, these false realities that are saying something can happen to you, you can fall sick, you can be destroyed, you know things can uh, take place in your life. You are made of the fabric of God, your Father, right? Anyways, so now. We are talking about how it's like when God does something on the earth, we, he's, he's talking about in, in the Old Testament, it was possible for things to happen. But in the new covenant, now this new covenant that you and I are living, this is the covenant in which it is not possible. It is impossible for any such thing to happen to us. Why is it impossible for any such thing to happen to us? Any guesses? Any ideas? We are one with God. One with God. The point is that Jesus, okay, what he did was at the cross, he completely, once and for all, he took our place at the cross so that everything that he is, we become. In other words, I'm going, uh, man's mind was so messed up. Okay. It's like, you know, they always thinking about death. How did death start? Death started with Adam. Death started with the first man, right? How did death start? It started at a time when it's like man was thinking about, okay, fine. You know, it's like, I have to do things like that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. What is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? It is about, if I do good, good will happen to me. If I do bad, bad will happen to me. And that mindset got man into this frame of thought, this frame of thinking, where it's like, if I do good things for God, then he will bless me. 
right? That's how, that's how he was thinking. I have to do something in order to get something, sowing and reaping. So that mindset became where it's like nothing could ever satisfy a man's conscience that it was good enough for, for, for God. What can I do that is so good that God will say, okay, very good. You know, it's like, you're amazing. You did such a great job and all that. Yeah, okay, fine. Eternal life. Here you go. What could man do that was so amazing that he could earn eternal life? Could any man be that good? It wasn't possible. It was absolutely impossible. So what did God do? He set a benchmark. He said, okay, fine. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something. I'm going to bring the law. I'm going to give them a set of commandments so that all they have to do is like just, just be good, follow these commandments. And those commandments are more than 600 commandments, okay? 600 laws and commandments together. He said, I'm going to give them these commandments. They are going to do. And, and by the way, the law, okay? The law was not just about 10 commandments. It was not just about, uh, you know, it's like uh, spiritual things. It was about how to live in harmony in a society. It was about how to, how to maintain hygiene personal hygiene, community hygiene. It was about how to, you know, it's like uh, think of others before you think about themselves. It maintained harmony in this in society. And all these kind of things encompass the law. And if you read Romans chapter two, okay, it mentions about how this law, which was given to the Jews, was also planted in the Gentiles' heart through their conscience. In other words, people who are not Jews were still thinking, you know, it's like, uh, I, I should not hurt that other guy because he's like, He's in my society. He's like a, he's like one of us, you know. So his conscience became that yardstick, that that bad, that you know, that that benchmark that said, okay, fine. No, it's like I'm going to kind of be nice. I'm going to maintain all these things, society laws, you know, laws of the land, kind of stuff. All that started thing, all the things started taking place. Now God said this kind of a thing so that you know, it's like people already had a framework that okay, fine. If I do, if I do just this, just fulfill the law so much, just just this much, I'll be blessed because God said. Just do this and I'll be blessed. So Israel was given the law. They were given these set of rules, these regulations that said, okay, fine, you do this, you'll be blessed. You don't do it, you'll be cursed. Now, let me ask you something. In the, in the, in the book of Genesis, right? It says, God spoke to Adam. He, uh, Adam said, you know, uh, it's like he ate of the fruit. He blamed his wife and uh, all that stuff uh, started taking place. And God said, because you have eaten of this fruit, and because you heard your wife, you listened to your wife and you ate this fruit, okay? It's not a bad thing to listen to your wife. It's a really good thing. You should listen to your wife always. Because you have done this, cursed is the ground for your sake. Now, notice over here, very clear. God didn't say, I'm going to curse the ground because of what you did. He didn't say that. But that is what people are reading from the Bible. He didn't say, I'm cursing the ground. He said, the ground is cursed because of what you did. Let me ask you this. Who has dominion over the earth? Man. We, we, man, always. Man. Who had the authority to curse the earth? Man. Man. Yeah. God simply stated the obvious. What did he do? He said, look at what you've done. You look at what you've done. You have cursed because it, of what you've done, you have cursed it. You've cursed the ground. Yes. Now it's not going to give you the full yield it was giving you before you actually ate of that fruit. Because you're always thinking about your your conscience is always 
it's seared, it is affected now because of your performance and your thinking of your inadequacy. So you cannot deliver the full life that is in you, that is me, that life will not come out of you to bless and, and, and you know, kind of like to uh, cause the earth to bud and multiply. It won't happen because you won't allow it. He said, cursed is the ground because of what you have done. In other words, you yourself have done it. Never in the Bible, okay, and you have to understand this, in the Bible or otherwise, you ask God. I mean, the whole point is that you need to go to God. Nowhere in the Bible does it ever say that God did something apart from man's authority, apart from man's confirmation, acknowledgement, or participation. Never. Now, here's the deal, okay? In the case of, uh, now, now, earlier, what did I say earlier, right? Even your bodies, our bodies are still made of the ground, the, the dust of the earth, the, the material of which the earth is made of, right? It still resonates with the same frequency of the earth. Our bodies are also under our governance, under our dominion. So in other words, before you can start governing the earth, governing creation, you need to govern your own body first. Because there's no use if your body dies and you go to heaven, you will not be able to govern anything on the earth. Right? God did not put us on earth to take us to heaven one day. He didn't do that. He put us on earth to live on the earth, rule and subdue it. In other words, this planet was supposed to be the starting point of ruling, governing and taking dominion over creation. Starts with the earth, goes on to the universe and beyond. So God designed man to live on the earth, not to live in heaven. So don't desire to go to heaven. God doesn't want you in heaven. He wants you on the earth. That's why he put us on the earth in the first place. So what did Jesus do? Jesus came to undo what Adam did. Now, how did death uh, start? Right? It started when uh, it, it started right from the beginning, from the time of Adam. It started from the time when Adam, in his mind, started thinking about decay, performance, inadequacy, condemnation. In other words, you know, what's going to happen? You know, it's like my sacrifice is not good enough. All that stuff started taking place and death and sickness and all those things started increasing. Now, you'll notice in the Bible that the first man, Adam, lived for some 960 something years, 936 years, something like that. Up until Noah, people were living for more than 500 years. What happened? How did it start reducing in number? How did their age, their lifespan started, start reducing? How did it happen? It's very strange, right? Do you know what happened? The more pe the people started seeing death, the more they started observing death, they started acknowledging it as a way of life. They started acknowledging death as a normal. Oh, you know, that guy died. It can happen to me what's happening in the world today, isn't it? Oh, coronavirus, happened to him, can happen to me, right? I'm not condemning anyone, I'm not, I mean, please understand my heart, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying this uh, to people who have corona and stuff like that and all that. I mean, my, our, what, what, what we are trying to do here, okay, what I want to share here is to get us to a place, all of us, because we are one spirit, we are one family, we are one in our father, okay? I want to get us to a place where you, are, you and I are living above we are living above sickness. We are living above 
poverty. We are living above weakness. We are living above it. Okay. Nothing can touch you because you are indestructible. You are made of the fabric of your father. And the father is indestructible. He has hidden us in him. He has made us one with Jesus. Yeah. He has made us one with the spirit. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of death. Sin and death. So the point is very simple. What Father God wants for us is to live above this thought process of death. The first man started, the, the early uh, man, right from Adam, started seeing death. And for them, it became like, you know, it's like that guy died, he died. Someone so and so died and all that. And as people started multiplying on the earth and dying, it became normal. Sickness became normal. Why? Because people started seeing it. They started living among it. So they thought it's normal. And people started dying earlier. Why? Who has dominion over their own bodies? Who has rule over their own body? What did Jesus say? Right? Remember we discussed it the last time as well. Matthew 9.29 According to what you believe, let it be done unto you. In other words, nothing can happen in your life apart from what you believe. Apart from what you allow in your life, nothing can happen. How can anything happen in your life? You are the God of your own life. You are the master of your own life. If you decide that this is going to happen to you, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying in a way, in a sense, like, you know, if you decide it's going to happen. I'm saying if you consider it a possibility, start there. Okay. If you consider it a possibility, it will happen. You know why? Because the governor of your life, which is you, has allowed it to take place. It's just the way it is here. God is not in control of your life. He's not controlling your life. If God was in control of your life, believe me, you would be the most healthiest, wealthiest, strongest person on the face of the earth. There will be no sick people if God, if God was in control. There will be no destruction, disease, poverty, weakness, no murder, death. Nothing would happen if God was in control. Why, why will God do all this? Think about it. Do you think if God was in control, there would be people murdering each other? God will not allow it, no? You think people will have problems? What kind of a sadistic God are we believing? You know, oh, let me let me put trouble in that guy's life. So much fun, you know, we have. That doesn't make sense, yeah? Let man have rule. Let man have dominion. In other words, you are God of your own life. You are the one who's living your life according to how you believe it. Your life is a product of what you have allowed yourself to believe. It's just that simple. Now, early man saw, they started, you know, seeing death around, the death started increasing and the lifespan of man started reducing further and further as sickness and disease started increasing in the earth. How did sickness and disease started increasing? It started going through the bloodline, through the DNA, through the body, transmission through the body, right? And it kept on going from gene to gene all down the line and it's come down to us. God had to finally step in and say, you know, uh, after Noah, God had to finally step in and say, listen, you know, man's life should be, shall be, it will be 120 years. God had to make that a proclamation on the earth through a man in order for that to become so. So that the age, the span, the lifespan of man would not go beyond. Otherwise, people will born die. We are born, they die. We are living in 6,000. 
right from <laughs> right from Adam's time. Adam is you know zero six thousand years later. Nobody would have been there'll be nobody on the earth. Born you die, finished. If the lifespan had to keep on reducing any further, then God the time God had to you know intervene and say stop. So the point is very simple, right? We are living in a time now. Okay, after the cross, the cross was the time where Jesus. Okay, now okay, let me just show you something. We generally tend to look at things from a very, uh, uh, what do you say, a linear perspective, right? We have a very linear outlook of, of things. We see things as, this is Adam. This is Adam, right, right here. And uh, we have a timeline, right? And we have Jesus coming over here and we are living continuously. Maybe we are somewhere over here. Chalo, let's put us here, right? So we are living somewhere over here and Jesus came over here. This is Adam. Now we're looking at this timeline and we are thinking, oh, wait a minute, you know, it's like uh, Noah's flood took place somewhere over here. Then Moses came along somewhere over here. And then, you know, it's like, the sorry, sorry, not Moses came. Moses didn't come here. Moses uh, came somewhere over here. Then we have uh, Abraham came somewhere over here. So we are looking at this timeline and we are thinking, oh, wait a minute, things are going to go on and on and on. And then finally we are going to die at some point and then we are going to go straight to heaven. Right? And then we are going to live in heaven till Jesus comes somewhere down the line again, Jesus again. And then God is going to shoot us back to the earth after Jesus' judgment. Or there's going to be some new earth and new heaven coming down from the earth to Jerusalem. Uh, you know, it's coming down on the earth and all this new Jerusalem and new earth and all that is all symbolic and it is talking about something in the book of Revelation. Okay. And the book of Revelation is a purely symbolic book. And you need to understand from that. And if you want, we will talk about it later on as well. Now, what we need to understand is that nothing as far as God is concerned works in a linear fashion. This linear thing is not what God does. God is living in a time where this is God's timeline. Adam was created here. Everything was perfect, wonderful and awesome. And then we came over here and, you know, our life started living and then everything went down south. And then Jesus came and he restored everything. Here's Adam. Here's Jesus. Jesus came to undo everything that Adam did. Why? So that he can bring us all back to the time, to the place, to the state of existence that he created Adam in the first place. Perfect. 100%. Okay. He didn't create Adam. He didn't create us to destroy the earth at some point at, and, at some, uh, and then bring us to this place where, you know, it's like he destroyed uh, everything and then he started renew. God doesn't change his mind. What God does, he restores. How many of you know that? Because this is something that God does. If, let's say, for example, you mess up. Do you think God is going to kill you, take you to heaven and say, okay, you messed up now. You know, it's like I have to start. You say, I send you back to the earth in another body. No, he's not going to do that. He should have done that with Adam then. Adam messed up. Kill that fellow. Let's start a new earth. New Adam. He should have done that from the beginning. No, he sent Jesus. What is Jesus? Jesus is the second Adam. In other words, he's the second man. In other words, there's one man here. There's the new man in order to bring everything back to perfection. What did Adam have? First Adam. Adam, the first Adam, okay, was perfect in every way. 
until he started thinking. Until, I'm not saying it's a bad thing to listen to your wife, but God told him very clearly, okay? God said, don't eat the fruit. It was very clear. I mean, there's no, I mean, what's there to think about? Don't eat the fruit, okay? If you eat the fruit, you'll die. God even told him that. He didn't say, you know, just it's like normally when we, you know, tell our kids, don't touch that. He said, don't touch. That's it. You don't explain why. I'm learning how to do it right now. You know, Karishma keeps on encouraging me. You know, it's like when you say something, if you're going to say, don't touch, don't do this, don't do that, tell them why, explain it. So I'm learning that. It's a, it's a process. But God didn't do that. God said, don't eat the fruit or you'll die. Now, when he said that, okay, he didn't say, don't eat the fruit or you will surely die. Okay, the exact words that he used were, eat the fruit and dying you will die. Those are the exact words that he used. In other words, you will start dying, you will start decaying and eventually die. Those, that is exactly what he said. Because if he said, if you eat the fruit, you will surely die. Adam should have died on the spot. No? But he did decay and die. That's what God said would happen. So why does man think that, you know, it's like, wait a minute, you know, God is saying spiritual death. What do you mean by spiritual death? There is no such thing as spiritual death. Can your spirit die? What is your spirit made of? Where did your spirit come from? Your spirit is the reason your body is still alive. The spirit is the reason because it is from God. It is God. It is a part of God. The reason why our bodies are alive today, you're moving your fingers, you're moving your hands, you're thinking, you're walking around. The reason why you can do all this is because, because God, a part of God, is in you, your spirit. Your spirit can't die. Spirit does not die. He was not talking about spiritual death. He was talking about physical death. In other words, your mind is going to get so messed up that life that is in your spirit, in other words, your spirit, which is life, is not going to get a chance to flow to your body and make it and give it life. That's what he meant. Remember what I shared or what I shared with you the last time? Okay. Everything is about it's about your soul, spirit, soul, and body. So, for example, if this is just an illustration, okay, this is not how your body is, this is not your, uh, your soul. But let's say this is your soul, this is the spirit, and this is your body. Everything from here has to translate and come over here. In other words, this is the life part of you, full of life, abundance, nature of God, thoughts of God, mindset of God, perfection of God. You're talking about health and wholeness, heaven, prosperity, victory, abundance. You're talking about, you know, it's like a peace and joy and, you know, anything good you can think of. Everything that you want, everything that you want, you want to live forever on the earth, it's right here. This is the place of eternal life. In other words, your spirit is already in eternal life. You are in eternal life. You are eternal life. You are eternal life. He that is joined unto the Lord, he that is joined unto Jesus, is one spirit, the same spirit as him. Now, all this has to come through your mind, through this thought process. In other words, you have to understand this. You have to believe it. It happens here. You have to believe it. This is where your believing takes place. According to what you believe, let it be done unto you. In other words, you have to believe this. 
believe it here for your body to start receiving all this this has to come here are you understanding what i'm saying let me just make that a little bit more colorful all of this has to come here in other words your body has to receive all this life how is that going to happen jesus said it very plainly like i said according to what you believe let it be done unto you in other words you believe that life that is there in your spirit because your life is the life of your father perfect health is already inside you and all you need to do is i am i am made of my father i am in perfect health i am made of my father my father created me made me in his image in other words he made me a version of himself he made me a manifestation of himself right okay let's move on this is something that you really and we'll we'll talk about this more and more okay i'll break it down for you more as we go on and you'll be hearing a lot of this so i mean yeah you, i mean we will keep on talking about it. now how many of us read the bible everyone reads the bible everyone biblical people okay now let me ask you how many of us are uh, how many of us are jews i can't see any hands give me a minute let me see how many of us are jews over here pure bred jews jewish people anyone you can put one of these hands up uh, you know like this uh, this you can do this if you want anyone jews okay let me ask you this then who was the old covenant given to anyone who was the old covenant given to the jews the jews amen the old covenant law was not given to the gentiles in other words if you are not a jew you are a gentile in other words you are not a jew non jews are gentile now if you are not a jew and the law was not given to you why are you observing the law why are you doing the 10 commandments huh i mean i why are you giving tithes and offerings and sowing and reaping and all that? i'm just i'm just asking questions okay i'm not saying don't i'm not saying don't okay so don't 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 shoot me down and like you know hey you don't give tithes and offerings don't give this i'm not saying anything so, okay i'm not saying don't give tithes don't give offerings i'm just asking you a simple question so you can think because this is something that father god asked me after i heard hundreds and thousands of messages on the from the pulpit saying you know if you don't give offering if you don't give tithe if you don't give this you don't get that then what's going to happen is that god will not bless you and who they who who's the who do they quote they quote the jewish law then they say jesus also said who did jesus talk to did jesus talk to the gentiles did he tell the gentiles don't give tithes and offerings or oh, sorry give tithes and offerings give your first fruits did he tell the gentiles that no he didn't he told the jews why because he was still alive and not crucified yet he wasn't ascended on high he was still living in the law in order to fulfill the law at the cross 
So he could not tell the Jews, okay, now your law is over, finished. I'm come, I've, I've been born now in the earth. Now you can forget the law, do whatever you want. He could not have said that. He was, Romans chapter 10 verse 4, Jesus is the end of the law. In other words, he died. His, he, he, he said, I have come not to abolish the law, not to destroy it, but to fulfill it on your behalf. In other words, if I have fulfilled it, then I have fulfilled it for you. So all you need to do is believe in me. Now, again, let's go back, right? Old Testament, Old Covenant. Who was it written to? The Jews. None of you are Jews, right? If you're Jews, then I suggest you get born again. Because there is no Jew and no Gentile in Jesus. There is only a son of God. The two have become one. Right? Galatians chapter 2 and 3. The two have become one. There is no separation anymore. Shalawaya laughing. <laughs> so here's the deal. Okay? You and I have to understand this. We start going and reading the Old Testament like as if it applies to us. We start reading. I'm not saying don't read the Old Testament. Okay, I'm not saying don't. But if you have not fully understood the New Testament, the New Covenant, the, the, the state of existence in which we are living now, in other words, as sons of God, if you do not understand what it means to be a son of God, how can you go and read something that was given to people who were separated from God's, God in their minds? I mean, think about it. In their minds, let me ask you something, okay? These are all questions that you know I had right from the beginning. And it never settled with me in my heart as to why I'm doing all these things. Why am I, you know, it's like whenever I listen to, I go to, I used to go to church. I was a devout church goer for a really long time. And then I started asking God questions. And the answers I got were like, it was throwing everything off. Because what I was hearing from the pulpits, what I was hearing from the church was like worlds apart. I'm like, this does not even make sense. It doesn't even compute. Father God is telling me one thing. I'm, then I started doubting, is, is this even Father God I'm listening to? You know? So it began to a place where it's like I'm asking questions as to why, is, why are these things happening? You know? Okay, so the, in the garden, right? What took place in the garden? Adam and Eve, they ate of the fruit. And did God hide from them? Anyone? No, they hid from God. They hid from God. Who withdrew and ran away? Not God. God didn't say, wait a minute, listen, you sinned. Please, you know, it's like, get away from me. You're, I'm holy, you're not. Stay away. God never said that. God was still with Adam. Cain. Cain killed his brothers. Still, God protected him. Why? God put a mark on him so that nobody should kill him. Why? Because God is love. God's, God's heart, God's nature does not change. Okay? Love cannot stop being love even for a fraction of a second. Love is love. So when God, okay, and this is really important, right? Man hid from God. In other words, if anyone is separating himself from God, it is not God separating himself saying, you know, Get away from me, you're unholy, and you know, it's like I'm holy, and it's not God. It is man. And why? Because of their conscience. In other words, their mind is telling man, man is telling himself, okay, man in his own mind is like, I can't approach God. God is so holy. 
look at me i have done all this i have done that i have done my past is not good all this stuff, sort of stuff how can i come to god they think that god is looking at people think that god is looking at everything that they are doing god doesn't care to hoops about what you do and you really need to get this god cares god does not care about your behavior your lifestyle he cares about your heart a person who's living the worst kind of life and comes to god in a heart to heart relationship his behavior starts changing why because it wasn't about his behavior to begin with it was about his heart it was about what he was thinking in his mind it was about why he separated himself from god god never separated himself from us at all at all nothing you do can cause god to get away from you i shall never leave you i will never forsake you right you want to be logical about this okay let's be logical about this your spirit is made of who what is your spirit made of who who is who is who is your spirit made of it's made of your father father god if your spirit is made of your father and your spirit left where would you be if your body what is your body made of dust it's made of your father if your body which is made of your father leaves you who are you then will you will cease to exist it does not make sense that god will ever leave you abandon you or anything of the sort he can't do that he'll never do that it's not in his nature you have to understand that okay because god is not looking at your behavior he is not looking at your lifestyle he is waiting for you and me to start seeing him as love because the moment you start seeing him as love and you start interacting with him as love you become him you become him you take on his nature it says in second corinthians chapter 3 verse 18 it starts from verse 16 onwards it says that the more you behold him the more you start becoming like him the more you spend time with him the more your nature starts becoming his nature he becomes you you become him the father and son are one if you have seen me you have seen the father jesus came to bring back restore man in other words like i showed you earlier right full circle he is bringing us full circle back to that time he's not look, working on a linear timeline he's bringing us back to that place of complete perfection and restoration in our father in heaven right and that's happening now more you and i start seeing him observing him living him see this world is not going anywhere okay so don't don't get your hopes up to a place where okay this world is going to end i'm going to go, you know it's fire brimstone and stuff like that and you know it's like i have to live my life now you know make the most of my life and all that that is all that that's all a separated mindset that is the thought process that adam had after he ate of the fruit in other words uh my performance by this my death you know is going to separate me all that stuff that's all adam adam's thoughts jesus and we'll come to this later on also jesus said he who believes in me will never die he's not talking about spiritual death okay he's not talking about spiritual death he's talking about physical death because your spirit can't die so this is something that is just foundational okay 
Old Testament, New Testament, you and I are living in the new covenant. In other words, we are living in Jesus. You are not someone in the old covenant, a Jew or a Gentile of the old covenant. Everything to do in the Old Testament. I'm not saying don't read the Old Testament. Okay, but I'm not saying that. Read the Old Testament, but after you have fully understood the new covenant, the new testament, and it is a part of you. In other words, you are you, you have come into that sonship reality where now you read and you start understanding why God did what he did in the Old Testament, why people, people were behaving like that in the Old Testament, why things take place. If you ask anyone who is established why God did things the way he did in the Old Testament, God said, you know, kill all of the, kill that whole tribe. Don't leave even one donkey alive in that whole city. That seems, that doesn't seem, you know, very godly and doesn't seem like love, does it? Why will love say kill everyone? There's a reason, okay? There's a reason. Now, I'm not going to get into that. Okay, that, that you can ask Father God. Yeah, that's one of the suspense things. But the point is that we have we are new covenant beings, we are sons, and we are supposed to have a relationship with the Father. Ask him everything you need to know. Now, having said that, is there anything else you would like to uh, anything you would like to share? Any questions you have you would like to ask? In light of what we have discussed today. And also bear in mind that we are still unfolding uh, stuff and, you know, we're still, uh, we're still learning stuff. So there's a lot to discuss. I was just thinking that uh, now I understand why that song says, he's the savior of my soul. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. the soul is what is, what is being transformed. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, when, uh, I remember you had asked the question the last time about life-giving spirit, right? We are life-giving spirits. Yeah. So that's a good question. We are life-giving spirits, but that life has to flow through our soul because we are spirit beings, primarily spirit beings. And as spirit beings, that life that is in us has to manifest and become material. In other words, think about it, okay? Jesus, it says, the Lamb that of, uh, the Lamb of God that was slain from the foundations of the world. Now, if the lamb was slain from the foundation of the world, why did Jesus have to come and die? Think about it. If the lamb was already slain from before the world began, why did Jesus have to come and get crucified? You know why? Because everything spiritual has to manifest in the physical reality for it to come into fullness. We can say all, you know, I'm, I'm rich, I'm prosperous, I'm healthy, I'm strong. You know, it's like we can say all this day and night, day and night, no problem. Nothing will happen unless it comes through us knowing that it is a perfect and true reality in our life. Otherwise, it is just wishful thinking. It makes no sense. But that had to become real, physical, in order for us to receive the benefit of it. Right? So, yeah, that answers your question, could it, could it uh, you know, could that not uh, mean uh, lamb slain from the foundation of the world? That as far as Father God is concerned, there is no time factor. Yeah. Whether absolutely. it is so, whether it happened two thousand years ago, I mean, it it was as if as if it happened at the beginning of time. Yeah, absolutely. That's the way it is because uh, the real, uh, eternity is timeless. Eternity is timeless. Yeah. It's outside of time, but it has to manifest in time. Whatever is in eternity has to manifest in time because we, because humanity is living under in time. Now, it is not that you and I have to live under the government of time. Okay, 
time is a government time is a being okay you and i do not have to live under the government of time because many people are so hard pressed for time it's like time is a bondage i don't have time for this i don't have time for that my life is uh, you know it's like what to do when nothing is over and i'm going to die soon time is the one that is creating all those things in our mind creating that pressure but as far as god is concerned okay there is no such god did not create time in order to govern us and be a bondage to us he created time to serve us in other words you decide how long is going to take you decide what time does how long things should take place and what has to happen when you and i decide why because he said let man have dominion let man rule so man is designed you and i are designed to govern time so you are never in a hurry any at any time there are no deadlines there's no urgency there's no you know emergency there is nothing in this world that you should be that that you know you should be frustrated by okay any questions was it the reason why jesus turned water into wine then because time is no we are not under time he could turn water into wine uh so that they had more time to there, drink yeah there was there, as you said no there is no time doesn't govern us yes so jesus could turn water into wine instantly right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i it just crossed my and, mind and even the even the fish and the loaves yes yes it just kept kept on coming out of that basket those baskets mm-hmm. so, yeah i would like to do that water into wine thing i'm sure jesus <laughs> jesus made the best wine <laughs> right so yeah okay kati uh, uh any boy speaking yeah. yeah not a question actually a clarification ah. um now we know that god made i made i am in the restaurant but i may have a little here and there when I'm, okay now the god gave dominion to man power to man as you said that you know for adam and uh, god gave dominion and power he could listen to father god speaking to him he could connect with father god at the same time he listened to the enemy also yeah right yeah now whatever happened in the old covenant god spoke i mean to man and he did it to somebody and you know connected and whatever he did but after the new covenant we know god is love you know god cannot do anything anything wrong i mean uh, he cannot do any destruction or anything you know i want to know that whatever is happening now in the world whatever chaos and destruction and whatever is happening now is still man listening one side i mean we can hear father god also and can we hear the enemy now also or man is listening to the enemy and doing it through that spirit or is it the man himself having dominion doing it because jesus has uh, you know uh, disarmed every principality every power so what is happening in the world today is it done by man because of the dominion of power he has or yeah. is it the same way where he's he's connecting with the enemy or you know listening to the enemy as as we are listening to father god i just want a clarification on that part you know how uh, jihadi terrorists are uh, trained 
how jihadi terrorists uh, are basically spawned let's put it that way they all uh, spawned by a brainwashing program in other words they are given nothing but indoctrination of this is what the quran means this is this is it nothing else so it's like they are the same book okay is speaking to so many sects of muslims you have the sufi sunnis this that the other all that and there are peaceful uh, one one sect is like super peaceful they don't even you know know what why they won't hurt ants also one other sect is like uh, you know okay fine live and let live one other sect is like you know, violent but okay fine to you know civilized uh, extreme one is like totally on the other side they have like fallen off the edge and so this fallen of the edge group which uh, you know that basically spawns the jihadi muslim how do they read that in the quran and not read the peaceful uh, thing in the quran it is by indoctrination if you can make one guy if you can convince one guy about something that guy can convince another 100 people the world today okay is all of a mindset of and and it's not as if they are thinking i have dominion i am going to spread uh, disease i have dominion i'm going to destroy this world they're not thinking like that they are in their mind they are trying to do the best they can for the life that they want to live but with the knowledge they have been given with the belief system they have been given the best they are doing is actually hurting people and harming people that's how the virus came about where did the corona virus come from it came from a lab a research lab in wuhan i never heard of wuhan till the corona virus came out the point is that it came out of research which is supposed to be used for you know it's like for for man's growth and development it was supposed to be something that was supposed to make man's life better they were testing out viruses and it escaped and this pandemic is a product of that so hitler take hitler for example hitler had good intentions what was his intention get rid of all the scum of the earth purify the earth how his intention was good but what was the product of his intention was kill all the jews the point is that a person's mind what he feeds his mind is what comes out of his life his life is lived out of everything that he is given to believe it is same with our life so i mean if we, this pandemic it is a, it is a man made thing it is man's rule man's governance man's belief system what man thinks in his mind the key and what we should always understand is that our relationship with father god is the most important thing that gives us purpose and life it was the way god designed it right from the beginning why did god come to the garden to meet adam in the cool of the day every day why because that relationship was supposed to be the foundation of adam's rule and governance over creation the more he spent time with the father the more he could be the father to create because man was not born in uh, you know it's like a complete mature state of existence he was not completely mature he was supposed to grow he was supposed to release that life and through relationship understand the father and and manifest him it was supposed to be a growth process that's what the that's what the relationship was supposed to do it is all about relationship so relationship is where our life starts finding purpose and meaning and we start living the full life so it starts with the relationship so to answer your question yes it is man made yes it is through man's own belief system 
yes it is through man's own exercising of dominion not directly uh, intentionally but through his desire for doing good but it turned out bad now what people are doing is a different story out here but yeah you and i are safe also you and i are basically we are secure because we are in eternal life no form of death can come into life it's not possible how can darkness come into life amen thank you god any questions so oh, god I, yeah. I i can just uh, uh, go on from what uh, sunny was saying uh, you know we have uh, in christendom we have we have made a lot about the devil and what satan what satan does etc etc so uh, I, i i i gather from what you're saying is that once you are in a relationship with the father and you are in the you know that you are in the light it's as if satan it doesn't exist because uh, wasn't he responsible for that uh, this thing from genesis 1 to genesis 1 1 to 1 to well there are different interpretations of interpretations this. of that okay and uh, it's not just satan it's not just lucifer it's not just one being it is a whole group of being okay that actually uh, perpetrated the fall but at the moment we are, we are we shouldn't be concerned about that at all there is no uh, there is no uh, there is no devil satan or evil beings and i'll come to that later on okay, 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 okay. we will talk about this as we go okay, on. Okay. but there is no devil beings and all these kind of things not where we exist because i, I think krishnam has, has wrongly wrongly moved in that direction and we a lot of our of our uh, this is in that direction for the bible says the bible says that he has reserved them in chains of darkness right what are these chains of darkness what is darkness darkness is the absence of light right absolutely Right? absence of revelation absence of revelation in other words they don't know what is happening they are doing whatever they are doing outside of the revelation of the father they have been reserved in chains of in other words they are bound by this thing where they can't see the light they can't see revelation they don't know what to do they don't know how to do it so they have been reserved in those chains for a certain period of time but the point is that you know it's like we are uh, in in where where we exist in eternal life that being those beings cannot produce anything they can't do anything right like i was sharing with you last time there's your soul we look at only the body aspect the physical aspect and then everything happens here we are supposed to be looking at the spiritual aspect the spirit where everything is like changing the body. soul because the more we see our identity which i'll come to in the future session our identity only our identity in the father starts manifesting into physical life so yeah uh lisa wanted to say something yeah um kurt i have a question about um sonship yeah because i feel like um some christians are operating in the um orphan right and sonship so how would you um because you're saying about the father and some people some christians are still um they're believers and they've encountered Jesus but they haven't encountered the father. Yeah. So how would you um like in relationship, you know? Right. Okay. To um help them or encourage them. Yeah. Or is totally. that only father god can can um manifest or open up or Jesus or holy spirit can can open the the hearts of people? Right. Okay. So uh, that's a good question and we are going to cover this in detail in the future sessions but just to give you a brief about it uh, every person sees god differently right some people see god as friend 
some people see god as judge some people see god as lord some people see god as master some people you know it's like you'll see all these different kinds of relationships in the 12 uh, disciples who were, who were with jesus right you see uh, judas who always called him teacher now if you call him teacher how come he didn't learn anything right that i mean that doesn't make sense you find that uh, there's the disciple whom jesus loved there's john uh, who, and the disciple whom jesus loved is speaking about himself so in his mind he's like i know jesus loves me so much so i am very aware of his love for me regardless of who i am that is a person who is like you know it's like i'm in love then there's his brother his own brother james right his brother was uh, something else altogether he did not see himself as a disciple of jesus love he saw himself as just a disciple peter thought he was going to protect jesus he wanted to be jesus's you know bodyguard and uh, stuff like that so he saw jesus as a friend and all the other apostles who were basically there around jesus and the other 120 all so all different kinds of relationships that people had with jesus and with god so now in light of this okay how do people see god jesus did not come to introduce us to god he didn't come to introduce us to a lord to jehovah to yahweh he didn't come to introduce us to uh, you know it's like a friend he came to introduce us to a father because adam lost a father adam got estranged from god in a way where he was that relationship got severed and he didn't see god as this person who was going to be there for him no matter what that is what a father is now once see sonship is not the end okay sonship is the beginning and then we move on from sonship into another relationship that we have with the father but sonship is just the beginning it's the first it's the first stage it's like the the bottom level and then we grow in relationship where you know in in john in 1 john 3 he says we see jesus now we see him now but we don't know how what we will be when we see him further so the beginning of when we see jesus is going to be a different relationship and as we grow we are going to become more and more like him but he is not just the son he's not going to remain as the son because before he became the son he was the word so when you and i are looking at god how do we see him do you see him as a friend if you see him as a friend then this is the kind of distance you will maintain from him he's a friend i cannot be very close very personal we are good friends you know it's like yeah we will maintain that kind of a distance i'll see him in that light uh i call him lord okay so he is the lord yes lord okay fine lord means he is you know higher than me and you know uh, like you know i have to respect and revere and you know there's that little awe there's still a lot of distance in that relationship it's not a close relationship because you're still calling him lord in other words he's not that close to you the moment you see him as judge you push him even further now he's not close at all why because you think he's going to judge you for something that you're going to do or your behavior or your thought process or something or the other and you've pushed him out further so how you see him okay is the relationship and the and the level of intimacy you will enjoy with him so now as a son a son is the father jesus said if you see me you've seen the father the father and i are one you can't separate father son holy spirit will come and make a home in you we are one with you it's no longer father son holy spirit anymore it's father son holy spirit and you four in one there's no trinity now there was never a trinity by the way there was father son holy spirit 
Nowhere in the Bible does it mention Trinity or anything of the sort. But now there is Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and you. One being, one being. He that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit, one spirit only. So that closeness, now you see how close it has become. It's become so close that there's no separate Father, separate Son, separate Holy Spirit, separate you. He that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Not four different spirits, one spirit. In other words, I will make man in my image, in my likeness. He will be me to creation. So the son is exactly as the father. If you've seen me, you've seen the father. There's no difference. See, we are looking for some sort of an image to form. Okay, the father has this shape. When I saw the father, he did not have shape. He had a shape, but he didn't have a shape. And you could see it was so amazing. There, there was shape, but there was no shape. There was form, but there was no form. I saw his face, but I can't describe it. it it's not something that you can, you can say. Every person will see God in, in a way where you will never, ever, never, ever be able to describe him in a way someone else can understand. Because that person can never see God the way you see God. It is not possible. Your fingerprint is unique to you. There is, today in this world, on this planet today, there, is, there are 7.2 billion versions of Father God. 7.2 billion manifestations of the same Father. All with a different, unique personality. And most of them are killing each other. Because they don't know that they have a Father in Heaven. They don't know that they are made in the image of their Father. And that is the Gospel. That you have to show them that you are you have been reconciled to the Father. The Father, you are a son of God. So yeah, so God will reveal that to them. But the gospel is that the Holy Spirit makes it manifest. That you know, and you're right. People have this adoption mindset, this orphan mindset. You know, it's like I'm adopted, but you're not adopted. You are reconciled. We are reconciled to the Father, not. You know, it's like some stranger, God is saying, okay, this guy's a stranger, let me take him into my family and make him one, uh, one of us. No, 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 no. In fact, we are no. recreated, no? We are recreated, we are like, like new beings. Uh, we'll come to that. Okay, we'll come to that. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, does that answer your question, Lisa? Cool. Any other questions? Yeah, thank you. Awesome. Yeah, good. Why? Last yeah. question. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. The Garden of Eden, was it uh, a Garden real Eden. place on earth? Was it a real place on earth? Or was we'll, it some other uh, dimension? We'll come to that. But in the meantime, I would recommend that you ask Father God about it. <laughs> I think everybody should uh, should ask Father God about these things because it's like uh, uh, these things are something better if you see it rather than me tell you. Because let's say, for example, I say, I tell you, yeah, you know, it's like Eden is this. In your mind, you already read the Bible. So you're like, ah, how can it be and all that? Unless you get a proper explanation to see it in a way where, you know, it's like, okay, fine, this makes sense. Now, if I tell you Eden was not a physical place on earth, everything in your logic will tell you, hey, that is not possible. There were trees, he ate a fruit, all that stuff. And it doesn't make sense. It will not compute. This is something you need to see for yourself. Okay, I was taken to uh, Father God took me to a place. Uh, it was the time before our world was made. In other words, before Adam's 
world was created. In other words, before the sun, before the light was formed, before the sun and moon uh, had their orbit, before the trees were uh, grew, before the seas were, you know, it's like put in place. I was taken to a time before that, and I saw the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and I saw the tree of life. But you know what? The what I saw were not trees, but I knew they were the same trees of the garden. When I saw them, I saw them as instruments. They were some form of instruments, very different. And the world was completely dark. It was the dark world. It was the time between the Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2. And when I saw it, I did not know what I was seeing, except that Father God told me at that time that this is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and this is the tree of life. But I didn't, but it didn't register. I, I made a note of it in my journal. And uh, two years later, as a... Uh, not two years later, I don't know when, but when I was writing this book, I think last, yeah, last year, when I was writing this book and everything, and I was sitting with Father God when I, as I was writing Living from Eternity. And as I was writing Living from Eternity, he started showing me everything that I had already seen in the past that he had shown me through night visions and dreams. And, you know, it's like uh, trances and stuff like that. And I saw these things. And then he started explaining to me what was happening at the time that he was showing it to me. Now, why did he not just tell me at that time itself, you know, it's like, this is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And, you know, it's like, this is the time that uh, uh, before Adam's uh, world was formed. Why didn't he tell me at that time? Because he didn't, at that point of time, I was not ready to receive something that was, that, that I knew much later on. But he kept it as a seed in my heart so that, and it grew as a hunger so that I wanted to know more and more about what was happening where. And that hunger kept on growing Till finally it came to a place where everything started being put together and it made sense. But God will always do this. He won't just give you a full download at one shot. He'll sow a seed and he'll grow that thing to a place where, you know, it's like it makes sense later on when you come into revelation of what he's saying and then everything come, gets put together by him. So if you get a dream, if you get a vision, whatever you get, write it down, journal it. It's really important that you journal it. The reason why is because you never know when he's going to say something in the future and it's going to register with something that he has told you in the past. Right? So, yeah. So, ask God and write everything down. And really, I want to encourage you, okay, go to Father God and ask him for revelation. Spend time with him. You need to be spending so much time with God as, you know, it's like the world doesn't matter. Because it doesn't matter. What can this world give you that Father God cannot give you in greater abundance. What is in you needs to be more real than what you are seeing around you. So spend time with Father God and, you know, enjoy your relationship with him. Cool? So with that, what we'll do is we will, uh, we will close and uh, what's the time now? It's nine. We took uh, way more time than we should. So we will come back next Thursday. Yeah. And if you have any questions, feel free to shoot those questions in the group. Yeah. And we will, I'll try to take them up. Oh, I forgot to answer one question. Okay. Anyways, uh, the question that uh, my mother in love uh, had put on the group was, uh, let me read that out. I cut my query, you know, and believe for a fact that your miracle has been granted in spiritual realms. However, in the physical realm, you can neither feel, see, or experience it. You know that you yourself are blocking it in some way, but you do not know how or what to do or uh, what you can do to overcome the blockages. It feels like it is a one-sided, uh, is one side of the door, but how to open the door is 
not known or understood can you speak on that okay so i think i have answered it somewhat but we can explain uh, we can get into it uh, in more detail as time goes by yeah great see you guys have fun enjoy thanks, life sir, sir. thank you sir god bless you, you guys. thank thanks. you thank Bye. you thank you thank you bless you guys i mean you already bless you all thank you thank you god you guys have fun